Well, we're doing a series on living a spirit-filled life, and uh, we're week three today. We've looked at who he is, we've looked at what he does, and today I want to look at how we are to respond to the Holy Spirit's leading in our lives. Um, it really is, you know, Jesus doesn't want us to be ignorant, so being ignorant is without knowledge or understanding of the Holy Spirit in our lives, nor does he want us to be complacent. And complacent is about being flippant, is about being casual around those things. We're living in days where God is speaking to us like, like, like he, you know, he just wants to download into us all the time. Amen? He wants to shape our lives. He wants to encourage our lives. And uh, he wants to lead us into the things that he's got for us. He wants us to know him fully and why he sent the Holy Spirit into our lives and how we are to relate and respond to him. So we're going to look at Romans 8 today. Turn in your Bibles, follow it through, whatever version you've got. If you've got a pen, if something jumps out, put a circle around it, underline it, make your Bibles messy, Amen. because God wants messy Bibles. Amen? And uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, and we're reading this morning as Paul has written. He says this, so now there is no condemnation. Everyone say no condemnation. For those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. How many are glad about that? All right. Some different translations say different things, but they all mean the same. And we're going to come back and look at another version in a little minute. He said, for the law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our own sinful nature. So God did what the law couldn't do. He sent his own son in a, bodily, in a body just like our bodies that we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice of our sins. How many here can remember the verse that we pulled out last week? 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he made him who knew no sin to become sin so that we can become the righteousness of God in him. Amen? Here's that same, here's that same verse. Here's this thing. What, what, we were, what the law was unable to do, God did by sending his son Jesus into the world in a body like us. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us Amen. by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this, verse 4, so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. He says, to those who are dominated by sinful nature, think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your minds only leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Amen? Verse 7. For the sinful nature is always, everyone say always, always. hostile to God. It never did obey God's law and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. 
But you, you who are believers, you who are now in Christ, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. For the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, He will give your life, your mortal bodies, the same Spirit living within you. How many glad? So good, right? Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For you, you, for if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. Say it with me, verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. For the spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share with his suffering. Amen? So much is packed into that one chapter of Scripture. Amen? You know, the the New King James Version says this, Romans 1.8, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Amen? For the law of the Spirit of life in Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Amen? Today, I want us to know how we are to walk in the things of God. I want us to understand why God wants you to be led by the Spirit of God every single day of your life. It's one thing to come to church on a Sunday. It's one thing to sit under the Word of God. But I tell you this, that God wants, as you know, us to walk with Him every day. Amen? In every situation, in every circumstance. And I want us to see today that that's why the Holy Spirit has been sent to us. You know, we've looked over these last few weeks that God saw us in this world and he didn't want to leave us alone as orphans. And Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go so that I may send the Holy Spirit to you. Amen? We saw last week that at the very beginning of Matthew, that the ruler of this world was in control of the world. But by the end of Matthew, Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. Amen? And so there was a shift as to who is in control. Who is the king? Who is the Lord? Who is the one that is now victorious? Amen? And then when you and I come along into this world, we all of a sudden, we are born again into the kingdom of God. And we become aware, our heart becomes open, our eyes become enlightened, our heart becomes hungry to know God and the things of God. But Jesus said these things as he was departing. 
before, don't leave Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. For when he comes, he's going to fill you with Holy Spirit and with fire. Amen? And you are going to be my witnesses right to the ends of the earth. In other words, the message that is going to come from us is going to be the king's message of the kingdom of God. Amen? And here we find ourselves in 2023 living this walk with Jesus. Okay? God wants you to understand that he sees you, he knows you, and you are not alone. And every single day, he wants to take you by the hand and say, hey, come follow me into the things of the kingdom. Amen. He wants us not to be ignorant. He doesn't want us to be complacent. He doesn't want us to be flippant. He wants us to be postured as his disciples and followers of Jesus. Why? Because there's a message to be proclaimed to the world. Amen. And he says in John, he says he's going to come to us and he's going to live with us and manifest himself. Verse 14 says this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, for these are the sons of God. Amen? Sons meaning sons, daughters. We are the children of God who are led by him. As I said to you, Paul unpacks Romans. And uh, if you have never read through the book of Romans, it's a great thing. I think many of us would have, but I revisit that time and time again. You know, Romans 4, Paul unveils Abraham as the father of our faith. And Abraham sets the stage of our belief in God for a life of faith that we are to live. And we understand he's the father of our faith. Abraham. Abraham believed God. His body was old. Sarah's womb was as good as dead. But he got to a place in his walk with God where he said this. He said, if God said it, I believe it. That settles it. Amen? And how many of us need to be in that position? You know? And, and the more that we can lean in, the more that we can understand and trust, despite what we see, it is about what we believe. Amen. Romans 5 focuses on our justification because of what Christ has done that we can now have right standing with God because of our faith in Christ. Romans 6 highlights the death to our past life. It talks about when we're buried with Christ. It illustrated the baptism that our old man, our old person, our old life as we go into the waters of baptism is the watery grave. It was a symbolic declaration why we're doing baptisms. It was something about the, the identification of all of that old life gets buried in Christ. It's gone forever. But when we come up out of the waters of baptism, we come up into the newness of life. Amen. A reminder of the beginnings of something new that we can experience here on earth. Amen. Yeah. Romans 7 describes our lives before Christ and now in Christ, dealing with the old sinful self. And declaring, what is the answer? The answer is always Jesus. Who can deliver me from this wretched man that I am? Well, there's only one answer. There's always going to be one answer. It's not what we can do. It's what he's already done. And then Paul comes to Romans 8. And he describes this new life that we now have in Christ. A life that the choice, because of the choices we've made, it, it frees us from this life of sin and death and it propels us into this new life in the Spirit and how we're to live this life. Romans 8 emphasizes our relationship with the Holy Spirit, that those who are led by the Spirit of God, 
These are the sons and the daughters of God. Those who have chosen to walk a different way, these are the ones that are living out this word. These are the ones who have got their ear open and their heart postured before the Holy Spirit that our life can be so different. And it's an important lesson for us to realize because every single one of us in this room who are here because of this one thing, because God spoke, you listened, and then we received him as our Lord and Savior. Here's the, here's the fact is, none of us found God. God found us. Amen? I'm really glad of that. I don't know about you, but I was a mixed up, messed up teenager. You believe it. <laughs> and, and I was just, I was lost. I thought, you know what? This Christian stuff is for old people before you die. And I said to God, I'm going to just go out and live my life because I'm too confused about how this all works. And I thought, before I die, I don't know when that is, but I think hopefully when I'm old, I'll check back in and get some eternal fire insurance. How many think like that? You know, there's a lot of people out there that go, one day God, one day God, one day God. Amen. And as an 18-year-old, 19-year-old, I was sitting, a few hurts, a few upsets, all the rest of life, you know, life's the world's complications, you know. But I was sitting in a pub. I was going for my fourth drink. And then I heard the Holy Spirit speak into my heart. I don't know where he found you. But he found me in a pub after I was hurt, after I was messed up, confused. And all of a sudden, I could hear him like as clear as clear. The lights were flashing. The crowd was roaring. The dance floor was there. And here I was sitting at the bar ready for my next Southern Comfort and Coke. And I heard the Spirit of God just whisper into my heart. And he goes, hey, what are you doing here? And I knew that night that that wasn't a place where I was to be no longer. Amen. The truth is, none of us found God, but God found all of us. And I want you to remind yourself of this because he found you out of everyone else because he had a reason and a purpose for calling you his son or his daughter. Amen. All of us are here because we heard him speak, spoke, and, he, and we responded. Today, I want to remind you that God still speaks and he's wanting to lead us into greater truths of his word and his kingdom. Here's the second thing. I want to write this down. It's in our nature to hear God speak. It's in our nature to hear God speak. Before you even utter the words, I don't know how God speaks. It's in our nature. We can't remember when we came into the world, or we can remember the date. But we were born into this world, and we were born into a family, and we had a mum. And all of a sudden, we probably had a dad somewhere in the picture. And just as we were infants, God put it in the nature of a child to hear the voice of a parent. They weren't taught that, they just began to know that. We heard and we responded to the voice of our parents. It's the same thing in the spiritual. When we're born again, God has already put it in our nature as a new believer 
to hear and to respond to the word of God. Amen. And so here's this thought. It's, it's in the nature. It's in this thing. And the goal is this, is that we get to know him more and more. So you might have been walking for five months. You might have been walking for five years. You might have been walking with God 50 years. God's still got stuff to say to you. God still wants to speak to you. God still wants to shape us and help us and encourage us and get into the stuff that is deep on the inside of our life that is being transformed. Amen? Amen. And there's never not a day where God doesn't want to love on us and speak encouragement to us and prophesy over us and speak the word of God into us and bring us hope and encouragement and enlightenment and just company of presence and remind us of promise. He wants to come and just speak because, you see, Holy Spirit's goal is that we get to know him more and more. And when we're done with knowing him here on earth, guess what? We get to know him for eternity. Looking forward to some of those days. I'm sure we don't have to mow lawns in heaven. <laughs> or pull weeds or you know, wash cars. <laughs> His mission is to guide us into all truth. The Holy Spirit becomes a central person in our lives because he's been sent to us from God for a mission. And that mission is to guide us. Holy Spirit is perfect in every way and his mission is to bring us into a strong, deepening relationship with Jesus and Father God. You see, I met him when I was young, but I came and I became aware of him when I was half drunk in a pub, in a barrel nightclub. It was there when I began to understand it didn't matter where I was, God speaks all the time. Even in the midst of darkness, in the midst of depression, in the midst of sin, wherever we are, wherever we are in this world, God will find us. He's never, ever loses his gaze upon us. And you know what? When we write ourselves off, God never writes ourselves off. Because my road is a redemption road. It's a road of forgiveness. You know, I, I remember in my own life when I used to look as a young man, and you know, there was stuff that went down in church, and there was adulteries, there was sin, there was all this kind of stuff, and it was hurtful sometimes. And I thought, you know, I would never do that. Ever said that prayer? Ever said that statement? Only to find yourself in a place where the same judgment that you judged on your brother and sister, you were in that same place needing mercy and the forgiveness of others. Sometimes we learn the greatest truths the greatest secrets about the kingdom of God when we discover our own brokenness. When we think we're one thing and then God reveals the absolute other thing. That every single one of us in this room have got clay feet. That every single one of us in this room have got a story that shaped us in one way or another. That every single one of us in this room go through seasons in life. And whilst it may be good here, it can be absolute hell there. And no matter whether it be hell or, or whatever that be, God is in the midst of it all. Amen. Why? Because he's wanting to reveal himself and to, and, and, and to guide us into greater truth. I look around the room in here and there's so many amazing stories. And so often we struggle with what we see in our past. But the message today is, is that God has saved us from that past and put us into a new path. And it's the, the washing and the working of the Holy Spirit in our life. The reminding ourselves that we've been saved from walking a life of sin and death. And we've now been put on the pathway of righteousness and holiness and a conviction 
that leads to greater life. Amen. His mission is to guide us into all truth. And it so says that Romans 8 says that Jesus has freed us, freed us from a life of sin and death to live a life according to the ways of God. You know what? No more condemnation, but conviction of righteousness. To walk according to the Spirit, to walk according, to act according to the kingdom, to respond according to the leading of the Holy Spirit. There's now no condemnation for those who belong to Christ. We've got to understand we draw a line. There's a red line. There's a, there's a, there's a barrier. That I'm not going to be picked on and lied to and made to feel something less than how God sees me. There's one who comes to rob, steal, kill, and destroy. He's called the thief. He's called the ruler of this world. He's called the enemy, the devil, Satan. The very next verse says this, but I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly. I didn't come into the world to condemn the world. I came into the world so that you'd be saved from the world. And here we go. Here we go. Is that we're going to learn to live now according to the way that God has made for us. For those that are dominated by their sinful nature, think only about sinful things. They're controlled by those very things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about the things that please the Spirit. Oh, there's a new regime, there's a new kingdom, there's a new way. So letting your old sinful nature control your mind will only lead to death. Have you ever found that? When you take a detour, when you... Go through a door when you willfully disobey God and you go down that pathway and you feel stink. You can't sin successfully because there's a loving God that lives inside of you. Like you may have that momentary kind of feeling that you go, wow. And then you go, yuck. And you go, God, I need you back. And Lord, will you forgive me? Yes. Amen. Why? Because we're spoiled for anything different now. And no matter how many times you find yourself in that ditch or in that gutter or in that drain, because it's just what it is. It's our old sinful nature. I remember Lester Summerall said, was talking about a French poodle, how the French poodle was always looked after and you know, fed the finest foods and, and cherished and loved on by this French person who owned a French poodle. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, they went for a walk with the French poodle down the walk, down the roadway, and then there was this dirty old rat-infested, you know, hamburger, and that little French poodle just got its nose right in there and wanted to have a bite of it. Why? Because the nature of the dog is always the same. No matter what goes on on the outside, the nature will always want that dirty, cheap hamburger, and it forgot it was a French poodle. Right? How do we know that? Sometimes we find our nose in the wrong stuff. Because you see, the nature, if we live by that, we die by that. But we remind ourselves that we're no longer of that nature. We've got a new nature that lives on the inside of us. It's not that we're without sin, but without the penalty of sin. Without the condemnation of sin. Why? Because we've got a one that we confess our sin to. The one that he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And Paul unpacks this Amazing 
chapter, the whole point of this chapter, the whole point is that he takes us from one position, weakened by our addiction, our affliction, our affection to a sinful life. And he places us in another position, one now that's forgiven of sin and now empowered by the grace to live out the life that God has called us to live. Amen. Colossians 1 says it like this, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his son. The New King James says he's delivered us out of the power of darkness. Amen. Why, if God delivers us out of the power of darkness, would we want to entertain it anymore? Why would we go back to that nature? Why would we go back to those things? Why? Because God has delivered and broken the power of those things in our life. So it's time to no longer live that way, but understand that God has conveyed us into the kingdom of the spirit of his love. We're no longer living under that domain, but we're living under the king's domain. Amen. We're living from a different kingdom and our inheritance is in him. Here is how we live this life. Those who are in Christ, who do not walk according, Those who are in Christ are those who walk according to the Spirit. Those who are in Christ no longer walk according to the flesh. Those that are in Christ no longer set their minds just on earthly things, but now we're thinking about things that are eternal. If we are in Christ, we are no longer walk as we once did, but we are now led on a different path. John chapter 10, 27 to 28 says, For my sheep listen to my voice, for I know them and they follow me. For I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. It's in our nature, friends, to hear the voice of God. It's in our nature to understand his presence. And whilst we may be in a situation where there's things that change that from time to time, I want to remind us again today that we're living in great days where God wants to get to know you more and he wants you to come into greater truths to know him more. Amen. Amen. My sheep listen to my voice and I know them. Romans 8 is really about what we're looking for is a heightened awareness of the Holy Spirit in our lives. How many here love a trip to Bunnings? Yes. Yes. All right. Why do we love a trip to Bunnings? Come on. What's at Bunnings apart from the tools? There's so many things, right? But what hits you when you get out of your car? Oh, the sausage, right? We go to Bunnings because there's sausages there as well, right? And now they've got FPOS, it's even more tempting, right? Because we used to say, I haven't got any cash, I haven't got no cash. No, we've got card now, you know, they've moved ahead. But there's something about a Bunnings sausage sizzle, amen? And, uh, you know, how many here love walking into a shopping center where there's a bakery and all of a sudden you just, before you can even know where the bakery is, you can smell it, you know? The same as it is. The same as it is, you know, you're walking down the street and it's great right now because frangipanis are out, right? And they're just beautiful. And heaven, you can come to my house and see all the frangipanis. I'm going to have them all everywhere, you know? And, uh, but there's something about the aroma of a frangipani. You walk into 
Westfield and you walk past Myers and all of a sudden the perfumery just hits you. And you go, that's so expensive in there, you know, keep walking, you know, get behind me. You know, look, let me, let me talk to you about this. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, God wants to develop a distinct awareness of the Holy Spirit in our lives, followed by a quick response. Amen? It's in our nature to hear God. It's in our nature to sense God in our lives. And I want to say this to every single one of you in this room, that God is speaking to us right now, and he's wanting to lead us into greater depths of personal encounter with him. Amen? Yes, Lord. I see, I hear, I acknowledge, I will. Yes, Lord. All of us have been predestined to be conformed into the image of his son. And so everything about our lives is about helping us to become more Christ-like. Amen? Helping us to walk as he walks. Helping us to no longer live in the flesh, but to be people who live according to the Spirit. What helps us to hear and respond to the Holy Spirit real quick? Here's some things. Knowing that we have the Holy Spirit in our lives. Today as we go home, we're not orphans. We're not alone. God sent us to become family. Remember, we didn't find God. God found us. And so we're family. And the Holy Spirit's promise has been to come to us, and not only to us, but to live in us. Knowing it's in our nature to hear him. We don't have to ask that question. It's too hard. It's too difficult. We've got to understand that, you know what? As a child of God, we can respond to him. And so we, we, we ask and God responds. And we begin this conversation. The third thing is that we get hungry to be led by the Holy Ghost. And I think we don't do this enough. But I, you know, God is interested in every area of our lives. And whether that be emotional, spiritual, financial, whether that be you know, in our workplace, in, in just doing everyday lives, the Holy Spirit wants just to help speak to us and talk to us and, and bring us wisdom. Amen? The fourth thing is about creating a secret place of meeting. You know, a place where we can sit or talk or pray or just meet with Him and just allow that awareness of God to come more and more around us. And the, the, the last thing is it's just trusting His Word. That when God speaks, you know, God will never say something to you that counteracts with the word of God. It always is aligned. It's always secured. It's always anchored in the word of God. And that's a really important thing because we can say, oh, the, God said us to do this or God told me to do that. Well, where is that line up with the word of God? How do we do that? Let's test that to make sure that we're listening to God uh, specifically, all right? What hinders us from hearing or responding to hearing the Holy Spirit. Well, we can resist Him, we can reject Him, and we can rebel from God's ways. And so these are the things in our own heart, our character, that can stop us from hearing that crisp word. Being distracted by many things and forgetting the one thing. Remember the story of Mary and Martha in the Bible, where there was dishes and work to be done in the kitchen, and uh, you know Mary was out busy and Martha was at the feet. Am I got that right or around the wrong way? The other way. And, uh, you know, God wants us to understand that it's, it's what he speaks to us that's the most important thing. It's the most important thing. Because what he speaks will never be taken away. And there's always another day for another job, right? Being distracted by 
Um, too many competing voices is another thing. Negative thoughts, lies, opinions, words, the world's way. You know, where we seek all our information, our wisdom from. You know, there can be so many conflicting pieces of information that come. And what God wants us to do is he wants us to train ourselves to be hungry for God's word. Amen. And I broke down here the barrenness of a busy life. How do we know that these things get busy? But, you know, to the busyness to our detriment if we don't make sure that we look after the main things in our lives. Hardness of heart. You know, seasons, storms, pressures, just unanswered prayers, whatever that may be. We get complacent. Think of, you know, customer service for the Woolies manager over here. And, uh, yes, thank you, dear person. I really want to punch you in the head. <laughs> Have a nice day. Hope you trip up outside, you know. Um, hardness of heart, you know. Um, I think we're all a little bit susceptible. <laughs> we're all going to be really nice to the Woolworths managers this week, aren't we? You know? but, um, but, you know... Sometimes, sometimes life just gets a bit heavy and we can, you know in yourself where you get a little bit short-wicked and you can get a bit hard. You know, that, that can stop us. That can hinder us just flowing how God wants us to walk. Amen. And I've just got an unwillingness to stay clean. In other words, willfully living a compromised life. And that's about being a carnal Christian, a fleshly Christian. And, and again, here, Paul unpacks this. Don't live this way because it only leads to death. Like, you know, we, we don't need to walk down that path any longer because we've been freed from it. And so choose to stay clean. Choose to live a life. Choose to set up boundaries and, and put red lines in your, in your character where you go, you know what, I'm not going near that marker because that is going to take me to a place where it won't honor God and it'll actually destroy my life. And so, you know, put these things in because that protects what is really of high value in us. Amen. The Holy Spirit is in our lives to lead us into the full knowledge and the plan of God. And I've just put down here, it's about mission, right? God saved you for a reason. Yeah. And the second thing, it's about your maturity, is that God's coming back for a church that's ready, not for a kindergarten that's out of control. He wants us to mature in our faith. Amen. He wants us to take on some more teaching, to submit ourselves to some greater depth of word, to allow him to speak truth and love that you may grow up, that I may grow up, that it'll correct an attitude. It will deal with a heart issue. It'll you know, forgive a person that we find it really, really hard to forgive, but that'll only bring us bitterness. And so God helps us to mature in the ways that he wants us to walk. Amen. Our role is to learn how to respond to him, to hear him, to acknowledge him, and to respond quickly to him. Amen. His promise is that he will not only, uh, he will never leave us nor forsake us, but he will come to us and make his home in us. Amen. Father, I thank you today for who you are and what you're doing. And Lord, thank you today for Paul who wrote to us the book of Romans. Father, I ask that this week we just sit in that chapter and just speak to us about the life that you have now given us. Lead us from, Lord, the paths into that life that you have given to us. We ask in Jesus' mighty name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Wow.